slide. Um, you're going through some things and you're, you're saying, and that, don't worry about that because I forgot to change that. Um, but you're going through something and you're saying, God, I need to see a change in this situation. I need a change in my life. I've been going in one direction and, and Lord, I don't like the direction that my life is going in. I, I need to change some people that are around me. I need to change the way I'm doing things. So today I want to talk to you about change. Change mind equals a changed life. That's the equation for today. So say change mind equals change life. Let's say it again. Change mind equals a changed life. Let's go to Proverbs and 23, uh, Proverbs 23 and 7. What do I mean? A changed life equals a change, a changed mind equals a changed life. Proverbs 23 and 7 says, for as a man, as he thinks, in other words, as you think in your heart, so are you in behavior. So as you think in your mind, you act that behavior out. In other words, what happens is your mind manipulates your body into doing what you think, into whatever it is that have come about. So it says, and this is the amplified version, it says one who manipulates. So in other words, your mind manipulates you into doing something that could be contrary to the word of God, that could be contrary to what you know is right. But because your mind is seeing this thing, you're saying, I'm going to do this. Okay, let's look at another verse. It says uh, Romans 12 and 2. Romans 12 and 2, it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by what? By changing the way you think. So the only way that we can be transformed into a new person is that what? Our thinking has to change. Things that we're thinking about has to change. Transformation. We're looking for things to change in our life. We're looking for our life to, to, uh, to be different than what it is, then we have to allow God to change the way that we think. And then it says what? Then once you change the way you're thinking, it says then you will learn to know God's will for you. So when God changes your mind, when God changes the way you think, he begins to unfold what the will is concerning a situation. If you're going through something, he, you're saying, God, I, I take on your thoughts. Show me, uh, get him, let me get in your word. He begins to show you what direction to take. He begins to show you how to respond. And it says, it says he will uh, show you God's will for you and which is good, pleasing, and perfect. So when we tap into what it is that God is saying concerning a situation, concerning what it is, he's going to show you that which is good and pleasing. He's going to lead you into that good thing. He's going to lead you into that pleasing thing. He's going to make you respond in a pleasing way. Okay? 
let's look at this. I, 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 it's a diagram that I want to show you. So this is the way it works. I said, change mind equals a change life. Okay? So the diagram says, what happens is you have a situation in your life. Let's, let's make it practical. Um, uh, so, for instance, your car breaks down. Praise God, nobody's car in here is going to break down. But your car breaks down. That's the situation. Okay? And then on that situation, you begin to develop thoughts, negative or positive. So naturally what happens is our mind tends to gravitate towards the negative. Oh, it's the engine. Oh, it's the transmission. Maybe it's because you didn't put gas in it that it stopped running. You've been there. Am I right? I mean, you understand what I'm saying? There's situations that come in our life and immediately we think of the negative. We think of of the, 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 the worst thing that can happen. Or either um, it could be, uh, I'll just use Pastor Robert up here singing. Pastor Robert, uh, he sung, but he messed up the lyrics. And so the thing is, you immediately you might, a thought might come, well, he, he can't sing. He don't remember nothing. That A lot is produced in your mind concerning whatever situation you're going through. The enemy will put a lie in there. Oh, she thinks she's somebody. Or she don't think that she can't do. Or you might have messed up. And the lie could be, you know, I should have known that that would have happened. The enemy will put lies in your mind based upon the situation. So the situation is the trigger to thought. So what is the situations that's going on in your life? And then think about the thoughts that you're thinking concerning those situations, okay? And then what happens from that is, is those thoughts then produces feelings. You begin to feel some kind of way concerning, oh, you know, I feel hopeless. Man, I, you know, I, I'm scared. I'm worried because I don't have enough to make ends meet. You know, uh, uh. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm not a good listener, and so I, I, I'm, I'm feeling some kind of way. Uh, Sh Tashina, oh, it's like you know, I'm feeling some kind of way against her because of a thought that may have come to my mind. And I'm just, I don't, I'm not feeling no kind of way towards Tashina, so don't, don't get that twisted. But we begin to develop feelings based upon our thoughts. Anybody, anybody following me? You go through something at school, teens, and then, you know, it's a situation that happens. Teacher may have said something negative to you, and then all of a sudden it, it, it gets here, and it starts saying, well, you know, oh, I'm just angry. And then you began to have feelings of angry. Oh, you know, you get mad or frustrated at her, and you, you, you begin to develop, develop feelings. So out of those feelings we began to develop behaviors. We began to move out in that anger. We began to become reactive instead of proactive. We react on what happened. And so, therefore, we have the thought, we have the feeling, the behavior, and then 
We go to that situation based upon the lie that was told, based upon the negative feeling, based upon what we're feeling. We deal with that situation from what we thought about. Amen? Y'all following me? So, how? Turn up my next slide. Okay, this is the thing. You put wrong information in, and this is, and it's all going to make sense to you at the end. So what happens is the situation produces this, a mess, something we can barely understand. We can't make it out. So we're thinking this. And so because we can't understand what's going on, it produces feelings in us, which then creates behaviors. We don't understand this, so we say, forget it. I'm not even going to try to understand it. I'm not even going to try to deal with it. And so what happens is nothing happens and you don't change. Let's go to the next slide. So how do we change our thinking? We said what now? We said change mind equals what? Change life. Uh, let's say it again. A changed mind equals what? Changed life. So, God has already did his part. He's, he's, he's helping us with this, okay? You don't have to do this on your own. So let's look at what God has done. Verse uh, 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit. He's given us what? A power and of love and of what? Sound judgment and personal disciplines. The abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced what? A well-balanced what? Mind and self-control. So you walk around here saying, I got the, I can't help this. Yes, you can. Because God said that he has given us what? self Oh, just something made me do that. No, you did it because you thought about it. You had feelings towards it. And then you began to act out on it. So you did it because you wanted to. No excuse. There's no excuse. God says, I've given you the spirit of self-discipline. I've given you a balanced mind. I've given you the ability to think well. You have to take a hold of it. He said, no, he didn't give you a spirit of fear. He's given you the power to cast down every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge and the will of God. He's given you the power to walk in his word. He's given you the power to combat, combat, combat the thoughts of the enemy. We cannot, we cannot hinder or we cannot stop what comes to our minds. And I'm going I'm to make that plain a little bit later. There's so many things that the enemy is throwing at us in a day's time. So, and we can't stop it, but we can stop what happens up here with it. Let's go to the next verse. The next verse is John 16:13. It says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will do what? He will guide you into all truth so the enemy gives you a lie and the spirit of truth 
says, I'm a God, I can guide you, but you got to let him guide you. He says, I will guide you into all truth. Not some, but how much? All truth. Well, no, um, God, I know this over here, you ain't going to tell me about. But this over here, God, you'll tell me about. That ain't what God said. God said he will do what? His word says he will do what? All truth. I'm going to show you even this over here. I'm going to guide you. Guide means to, um, Brother Tahoe, can you come here a second? Guide means, Brother Tau, I want for you, this Miss Esther over there, so close your eyes. Tau doesn't know where he's going, but ask me, says, show me to, how to get to Miss Esther. So what happens is the spirit of truth is going to guide him to Miss Esther. But what the enemy will try to do is the enemy will try to say, this is Miss Esther right here. Go ahead and shake her hand. Open your eyes. And is that Miss Esther? The enemy will try to guide you in the wrong direction. Thank you. But when you tap into what God is saying, he said he's the truth of the matter is, is that this is Miss Esther. The enemy will try to direct you and throw you off path and put you in a wrong direction. But God says, I'm going to guide you into all truth. Let's look at James. You're saying, God, um, I, I, I've only been saved a month. Or, you know, Lord, I, I didn't quite get this right. Or, Lord, you know, I, I'm struggling trying to understand this whole walking and hearing and walking according to how you want me to walk. James 1 and 5 says, if any of you lack wisdom... In other words, if any of you lack the ability to discern or to judge what is true or right, if you lack an understanding concerning a situation, if you lack an, uh, 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 an understanding of how to respond, he says that, or to guide you through a, a decision or circumstance, some of you right now are facing some decisions. And, and you're trying to decide on what you should do. You're trying to decide on how you should do it. If you lack that in a circumstance, he says, ask. Ask of our benevolent, ask of our God that just pours out everything. He said, God who gives to everyone generously without rebuke or blame, and it will be given unto you. If you lack knowledge or what to do concerning a situation God says ask him he's it, one translation says that he won't hold back he won't hold back the knowledge and how to deal with whatever you're dealing with let me see a show of hands you got some you, you you're saying I got some situations that I, I God I need your direction on I mean I know I need some direction on some things you know 
even going into 2018, I'm like, Lord, I got so many things in my mind that's going on, but Lord, you know which, what I should do. You know how I should do it. So Lord, help me, give me some direction. And it says, when you ask, God's not gonna hold it back. He's not a God that's tight-fisted. So God's part is that first of all, he's gonna give it to us. He didn't give us a spirit of fear or timidity. What's our part? Let's look at what our part is. Number one, our part is to take responsibility for changing your mind. <laughs> That's your mind. I can't come in and change your mind. You have to take responsibility for changing, for renewing your mind. I can't come and say, Pastor Robert, you need to renew your mind. Your mind is just messed up. I don't have a right to say that. He has to take responsibility. Well, this is what you need to do. You need to do X, Y, and Z in order to change your mind. You, I'm going to give you a list, one through two, one run through ten, and I, this is what I need. For, I, you're going to do this today. He has to take responsibility. Take responsibility for what is going on. Let's, let's look at uh, Proverbs 42, uh, 4 and 23. As I said earlier, thoughts are going to come. Young people, we're going to get thoughts. Uh, man, he sure is fine. He looked good today. Man, he wearing that jacket. That's a thought. The situation is the guy with the jacket. The thought is, man, he looked fine. Now we can act and say, well, based upon me feeling like he looks fine, then I turn around, hey, how you doing? Mm. Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about that. Come on. And then you start doing things based upon that feeling. Oh, you know, he looked at me. Oh, he, oh, he, he looked at me like that. Oh. Yeah, uh huh, gotcha. <laughs> or we can say, yeah, he looks fine. But you know what? I'm the righteousness of God. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm beautiful. And you know what? I don't have to make myself known to him because the Bible says that he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. So I don't need to go out and just flirt myself in front of him. I could just sit over here and wait to be seen. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm cold. Yeah, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I'm good. I'm good. I look good. That's what the word says. I don't need to. Or either somebody over here is mistreating you, not being right to you. And so you're getting that, you know, but he sure looks good. But the situation is he's mistreating you. But yet what you want to do is your feelings are saying, you know what, he looked good. And so you overlook the mistreatment that he may be giving you. You overlook what that person may be doing instead of standing on the word of God and saying, no, uh-uh, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm great. Proverbs 24 and 23 says, more than anything, you... It says, who? Me. Do I, me guard what? It says, you guard, protect your what? Okay, so 
So, Miss Esther, I'm going to come and guard your mind today. You know, Miss Esther, I'm going to help you guard your mind. I don't know what she's thinking. So how can I guard her mind? She has to take responsibility for guarding her mind every minute, every day. We have to make a conscious choice. God, I choose to guard my mind because what? From my mind flows life. Life flows from my thoughts. I said what? I said thinking what? Let's go back. Change mind equals what? So in other words, kind of look at some of the things that's going on in your life right now. And think of it, is it because of some of the things that you thought and you you thought it and you didn't deal with that particular thought and then you ended up uh, uh, reacting on those thoughts, a lie, you know, wrong information? I look at it like, let me have that computer, Pastor Robert. And the cord. It's like a computer. We sit down and we have a computer. So, you can hold a computer. It's not on. So she has the computer and it gets connected to the power source, which is God. So we're down at the computer. That's your mind. Now, you can put whatever you want or allow to go whatever you want on the screen. And just like the drawing that we had, you couldn't make it out. Could some of y'all make out what it was? You couldn't make it out. And so what happens is you put, you can sit down and hold it. You put information in the, in the computer based upon what your knowledge, what your information is. And so the computer spits out what you put in it. And so you're the programmer of the computer. But if the computer, whatever information you have, anybody ever had a computer to just shut down on them? Anybody ever had a point where you worked on something and it happened to me when I was going to college? I was and lost it. It was like, what happened? Won't no recycle bin could recover what I lost. And what happened was a virus snuck in and corrupted it. Malware. Malware is, is, is stuff that's no good. You ever been on a computer and on the internet and all of a sudden a pop-up come? And that's, that's how it is. You know, we're, we're thinking and, and we're sitting here programming ourselves with the word of God and all of a sudden a pop-up comes. A pop-up from the enemy. Oh, you tired. A pop-up from the enemy says you need to go wash your dishes. A pop-up from the enemy comes and says, you uh, like the other day I was on my way somewhere and all of a sudden a pop-up came and said, you didn't unplug the curling iron. I'm halfway down the road. And I went all the way back home only to find out that the, that the curling iron was unplugged. If I would have asked Holy Spirit, was the curling iron unplugged, he would have gave me peace about it and told me no. Uh, uh, case in point, uh, last week we couldn't find the, um, the adapter for the camera. 
And I'm like, I know we had it. Pastor Robert was like, no, I put it in. We took it home, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, when I got home, I was sitting on the couch and I said, Holy Spirit, I said, where is that camera bag? Because I, I was like, I was good till I got home. Then I looked in the house and knew it wasn't there. So I was like, now where in the world? My mind immediately started saying, well, they were doing a lot of stuff back there. Somebody done picked my bag up. Oh, I need to call such and such because they got my bag. See if they got my bag. All of, all of a sudden, Holy Spirit said, just sit down and ask. And I asked Holy Spirit, I said, where's that bag? He said, it's right there in the closet where the circuit breaker is. I was like, you know what? That is so true. And I had this, me and God had a moment. I said, God, you know what? You funny. I said, because all I had to do was ask. And he would have shown it to me. I told Pastor Robert when he got home, I said, Pastor Robert, I said, you know where that bag is at? I said, it's, it's right in there where the circuit breaker is. Came here, I think Monday or Tuesday, and guess where the bag was? In the closet where Holy Spirit had told me. That's the kind of God we serve. He will give us the direction if we take the time to ask. Let's go to the, what's our, what's our first response? What do we have to do? Take responsibility. How many of you are ready to take some responsibility for changing your mind? Amen. You want to see a change situation in your life? Take responsibility for changing your mind. The next one is, is to uh, uh, take time to pause and reflect. Sorry, that's uh, kind of uh, blurred out. Take time to pause and reflect. We live such a busy life constantly. Got to go here. Got to do this. Our mind is constantly racing with the next thing that we have to do. And, and I'm guilty. I'm, I'm telling you because this is, I got to work. I'm working on this, y'all. I'm keeping it real. Thank you. I am. My mind is constantly racing on what I need to do next. Just like with the computer, using an analogy of the computer, typing. You ever, you ever typed and you, oh, misspelled word, because your mind is thinking faster than your hands are moving. And so, but we have to take time and reflect. Joshua 1 and 8 says that the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall read it and do what? Meditate. We shall meditate on it. Meditate is not like, you know, oh, goodness. No. You know, I got the young people. That's not, <laughs> that's not, what, that's not what that word meditate means. That word, that, that word meditate means take some time out and ponder. Ponder on what you read. Ponder on what you hear. And I'm not calling anybody out, but how many of us through the week have a set time that, okay, God, we schedule and pencil in everybody and everything in our daily schedule, but how many of you have penciled in God? If it's five, thank you, Brother Cedric, for being honest. If it's five minutes, put it on your calendar. We want to have our little smartphones and, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Okay, yeah, this time I got to do this, this time. Where's God on your schedule? Where is God on your daily schedule? So he's saying, take time, meditate on it day and night. So that what? So that you may be careful to do everything 
in accordance with all that is written. My God, so we're going to meditate. We're going to be careful to do all that is written. But this is what really just, just, really just blessed me. It said that once we do that, once we take responsibility to slow ourselves down, to take time and give God some time, it said that he will do what? He'll make our way what? Not only will he make it prosperous, but whatever we're going to do, whatever we're thinking about doing is what? It's going to be successful. How many of you want to be successful? Oh, my gosh. I'm like, when I saw that, I was like, and, and it hit me hard. Because I was like, Lord, I gotta take time to read. You know, oh, Pastor Wendy, you're a pastor. You don't take time to read. Yes, I take time to read. But there are times that I get busy and say, well, you know what? I, I can do this later. And it gets pushed off of my to do list. How many of you are guilty of filling your schedule up with too much? Yeah, I know I am. And so it says, if you want to be successful, if you want to be prosperous, take time, slow down, pencil God in. Second Timothy says, think over the things I am saying. Think over them. Take time. Think about what God is saying. You don't understand all of it. You can say, Holy Spirit, give me Make this applicable or make this how, the, how this can relate to my life. Because a lot of times we read the word and we're like, how does this relate? But how I might get a word and it relate to me may be different than when Pastor Robert gets a word and how it relates to him. So you have to ask God, God, help me and show me how this relates to me. Unfold this and help this and he will, he will show it to you. We have to focus our minds on Jesus Christ, his wonderful promises that he's made in the teachings of the Bible. Now, we, we go through life and we're always trading something in order to get something. What do I mean? I go to work. That's my time. I'm trading it at the end of the week for a what? A paycheck. A paycheck. We're always trading our time to spend with Pastor Robert. And I'm looking, I'm trying, I'm looking to receive something. I put gas in my car. I'm trading my gas that I put in my car so I could do what? Right, so I can make it to church. You don't put no gas, so you you try to ride off of fumes. <laughs> you ain't going to make it. You're not going to make it to your destination. So you trade your money putting gas in your car. The trade-off is, is you get to go where you need to go. You make your car payment each month for what? The ability to be able to drive your car. Because if not, you don't pay your car payment, the repo man going to come get it he coming so the trade-off there's always a trade in order to get something so think about that so the trade-off is I trade my decisions in exchange for a better life I exchange 
the thoughts, the wrong thoughts for the right thoughts, which then produces good feelings, which then produces a changed life. Y'all with me? Last point. Last point. The next thing, the last thing that we need to do is put our mind on a diet. <laughs> put our mind on a diet. What do I mean? Let's, let's, uh, putting our mind on a diet. We think that we can think anything that we want to think. We think we can see, be around, hang around, do anything that we want to do and it not impact our thinking. How many of you know that's not true? You watch, um, and I, I don't have, I got, I got teens, they're good enough. You watch sexually, uh, uh, explicit stuff and guess what happens you start thinking the wrong way you start acting out of what you're thinking y'all y'all following me so in other words it's like we got to put our mind on a diet so much and and we can say well it's not all bad some of it is lies of the enemy we need to put our mind on a diet from the lies of the enemy the enemy is constantly telling us lies. What's the point of going to school anyway? You flunked that test last week, so I ain't no need. No, you go to school. That's just one test. You know, God can help you to do better on the next test. I know she don't want to hang out with me, so I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to go to church because they don't want to deal with me. That's a lie. There's more than one person in the church, and I just use church as an analogy, but you, anywhere, we, we, need, we have to put our mind on a diet. We have to recognize, ask Holy Spirit to make you aware of what you're thinking. Sometimes we're just thinking stuff and not even just, have, we're clueless because it has become so much of a normal way of life. It's become so normal to us. So we have to say, God, help me to be mindful of what I'm thinking about. So let's look at Philippians 4 and 8. How do we put our mind on a diet? When, when and we're going to be doing some fasting come the beginning of the year, so there's certain things that you're not going to be able to eat. So there needs to be certain things that we don't feed our mind. So it says, what do we need to feed our mind? This is the diet for our mind. It says, um, in conclusion, my friends, I don't know why my thing is cut off, but it says, uh, fill your mind with those things that are good and that deserve praise. In other words, fill your mind with those things that are true. Stop allowing the enemy to fill your mind with his lies. Fill your mind with those things that are noble, right, and pure, that are lovely and honorable. It's like if you have a situation, God, what is the truth concerning this matter? What's the truth concerning this situation? We got to learn how to surround ourselves with people that's going to inspire us. That's going to push us. That's feeding your mind. That's, that's learning how 
to fill your mind with the right thing. You're hanging out with wrong people, you're going to get wrong thoughts. You're going to behave wrongly. So we have to change what we're feeding ourselves, who we're allowing to feed into us. Y'all been to a buffet before? Some of us have a buffet going on in our mind. We're at the buffet table with our mind. And God is saying, no, I want to prepare a table before you. I want you to eat from this table. And I just thought about it. You know, and I, it happened to me one time. I went to a um, buffet and ended up with, with, with uh, a stomach virus that almost just, it was ungodly. It hurt because I went, I, I, I was at the buffet and I should have been eating at home. Everybody else was touching everything. And sometimes we get, we get a, 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 a mind virus because we're eating from the wrong thing. We're, we're picking up stuff that we shouldn't pick up. Last thing, it says, Philippians 4 and 9 says, to put into practice. Do I have that slide? I don't. Put into practice what you have learned and received from me, both from my words and from my action. That's Philippians 4 and 9 if you want to go and, and uh, read it. So you want to change your mind. We have to do what? We have to accept responsibility. Next one is, is to take time to do what? Reflect, to pause, slow down, take time. The next one is, is to put, to do what? Right thinking equals right actions. Let's put my, my diagram back up there. Change mind equals a changed life. So you have a situation, you change the way you think, you is eventually going to change the way that you feel, and it's going to change the way that you behave concerning that situation. Now, you sit here and, and saying, Lord, she showed me a slide that just looked just like I didn't understand it. God, can you show me the meaning of it? Can you hit it now? So when we ask God to show us the meaning of it, he begins to open it up to us. It says, I will praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what the first, that, that was what the first one, click back to the next one. Click, click back to the very first one that was all messed up. Because now I've shown you that first one. Can you make out that a little bit? It says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalms what? It became clearer to you. Now let's go, go back to the other slide. Go back to the, I know. It says, the Lord will take, will then make you successful in everything you do. Deuteronomy 30 and 9. Go back to the other one. Let's see if we can make it out now. Can you make it out? Because it was revealed to you. Y'all you, you, get what I'm saying? It was revealed. So it says, the Lord, you can see that, will then make you what? In what? Deuteronomy. You can make it out of, you, you, it, it becomes clearer to you because now you have put the right information in your mind. Let's go to the last one and I'm done after this. It says, God is my refuge and strength 
Therefore, I don't have to fear Psalms 46 and 1. Let's go back to the, to the wrong slide. What's it say? God, I know it's hidden behind the tree. It says God is what? You can kind of make it out now. God is my, some of y'all remember, y'all, some of y'all just remember what I just said. Ain't that right, Brother Antoine? It says God is my refuge. You can make it out a little bit. Therefore, don't, I don't have to, there you have to fear Psalms 46, 1 and 7. So what happens is the enemy will try to distort the word of God. He will try to distort the way you things see things. But God, if you ask him, if you take responsibility, if you take time to pause and to reflect on his word, if you put your mind on a diet, he'll make things clear for you. And he'll help you to change the way that you're thinking so that your situations can change.